Good morning, guys. Welcome to Self Evident Podcast. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And all that morning. crap. The humbug. <laughs> That's all I got to say. That's the way to usher in the new year. Bah, humbug. What are we, Jan 2? <laughs> We're Jan 2 already. Two days on. in. Two days in. And I still have like not found joy. So make me happy. Go and donate. <laughs> Buy a t-shirt. Bah humbug Scrooge. Yeah, that's what I need is a shirt that says Bah humbug. There we go. I like it. I mean, it. You, you know, the, the movie get your head on right think with me here okay go buy a sweatshirt or something it's january 2nd get a, you're get abusing the course. listeners get a con- <laughs> <laughs> would you catch up with me <laughs> here's here's where i'm at here's where i'm at last night i slept really for the for me early you yeah. you, you can attest to that uh, I went to bed at like nine. I'm t- not talking about because you know my you know my sleep patterns. No, yeah. I'm usually in bed by midnight. You know, get up at five type of thing. The last night I went to bed at nine. I think it was nine thirty or something. And wouldn't you know? I got up at two. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole three, body just then shifted. Three, <laughs> then five. <laughs> just like. Uh-uh. Anyways, wh- you don't need to know any of that. You don't need. You just you know. The, just in case you and, were wondering but we're here for you yeah we're and, like and you we're, we're we're here so um so there so, yeah <laughs> welcome to the podcast so like yeah well, go subscribe go to the, the site because this get is on our, exactly why you should yeah this is it this is what you're getting this guys. is the the cream of the crop here you know i i've had i've had about this question four times you know what what are you guys doing this year what's self what is self-evident and I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, self-evident has never veered from its position. We're still going out and teaching people the biblical view of God. Of, of, of I'm sorry, government. Why America's foundations and ideals mm-hmm. were different. Um, it just looks a little different how we're doing it, especially this year. Last year it looked different because you know, with with Carrie being sick, <clears throat> I couldn't travel as much, so we had to do a lot of different things, um, and it was all exploratory. I mean, I think we really expanded ourselves into. Well, you know, we could write a book. We could do this. We could do curriculums. Yeah. We could do, and we were doing all these things, and 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 those are good things. I think those are important things. I think those things um, were necessary for self-evident. Uh, but right now, I think we're going to continue being us, doing what we do, going out and saving souls for Christ. We're going to tour, God willing, you know, if that's what He wants more this year. We already start off in January. Um, I'm I'm not averse to 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 change. I'm not averse to any of that. But I haven't felt the Lord tell me to change our platform or ch- change who we are. We're just going to disciple more this year. And yeah. we're, we're actually starting off with this kind of thing. Um, in the next few months, you're going to see something completely different from us. We're going to show you why our Bill of Rights Constitution can only exist with the moral people. And that's through uh, the laws of God and why those are important. And Locke and them talked about it. Uh, many, many, many of the founders and philosophers have talked about it. Uh, and, and, and why God is real. And, and so... And, and this is one of those podcasts, I think, that we're going to do today on Liberty that's going to challenge you. It's going to get you to yeah. think. And we're not robots, bro. Like, we're not. We, we, we really push the envelope as to why do we believe what we believe? Why is self-evident self-evident? And for some, you know, they want us to have this big movement and going on all these things. And we could, but we're, we're, we're not any different than any other ministry out there. They may have more of an audience because they dedicate 100% of their time. I don't dedicate 100% of my time to this. Uh, uh, because a hundred percent of my time is dedicated to this, to my family, to the church, to, 
So all of my time is directed to ministry and my family. That's what it is. So when it's time to be self-evident, I'm self-evident. When it's time to be revived, I'm revived. When it's time to be my family, and I'm, but I'm always me. I'm always a dad. Yeah. I'm always a pastor. You know what I mean? So regardless if it was at church or at work or whatever, I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm, a, I'm an apostolic guy. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, you see what I'm saying? Like we're, we're figuring out more and more what, what self-evident truly is. And uh, I, I, it's never veered from its original post. We are, we are seriously out traveling to get people back on, on, on the track of biblical view of things. And I noticed that no matter how many times we've preached this thing, this, the, these, these morals, these values, these people still end up being the Republican. They still end up being the typical soundbite type of person in politics. No matter what we tell, oh, yeah, good job. Yeah, God. And it's like, but if we don't get that guy, this happens here. And all the fear and the tactics, yes, we know things are getting bad. Of course it is. But I almost wonder if we focus too much on the evil instead of what God can do. And so we've never tried to do that. We've always said, Lord, you didn't put me in this position to fail. You didn't put me in this position to not see something happen. You didn't put us in position not to see something uh, change before you. Um, I remember when I first started doing the preaching you were with me i'd always say we're gonna watch roe v way turn overturn in our lifetime we used to say it all the time that and i would get jeered at about it laughed at like there's no way it's impossible you'd have to have a huge supreme court shift oh go figure i don't know how it happened i just know a lot of saints are praying and i believed it and i and i, and I would preach it and a lot of people didn't believe it matter of fact most republicans would say well it's the law that's what we heard for years oh yeah so it's we believe God for greater things and we're not going to change who we are. And we're going to continue to go out and preach. It's just this last year was a little odd because I couldn't go out and preach as much as I wanted to. I couldn't go out and do these things. And so it really challenged me to who is Massey? Who is Mike? Mm -hmm. What is the podcast? What is self-evident? Right. And it's like, duh, God never told me to change nothing. I'm going to continue to do what we do. What people were originally attracted to about self-evident in the first place was its uniqueness. And we're going to continue to do it. Yeah. And let that be a lesson for you guys. Let that be a lesson to you. As I've already <laughs> railed on you this morning. I'm kidding. I didn't. But this lesson, you will go through shifts and seasons where it's not necessarily that you lose your identity. It's your identity becomes more refined. Yeah, it's forced. And, and I think what happened for us, especially last year, was we explored different areas. Still within our veins, still within our identity and in we kept the focus, but there are seasons where you can explore and go out and you'll, you'll try things that'll fail. You'll try things that'll succeed. And I think towards the end of the year, what happened for us and can happen for you as well is our identity became more clear to us. The next steps forward of, of forging our identity and who we are. And like Massey said, like we're not anybody else. <laughs> and, and I think I like that, that that throws people off because, all love and respect. We're not the Charlie Kirks. We're not the Steven Crowders. We're not the Ben Shapiro's. We're, we hold a different vein. We're, we're not the Bartons. We're, you know, like, and that's okay. Everybody has their vein and their unique I've nature. Got, I've got a know? feeling we're a conglomerate of all of it. I think we bring a little bit of the history into it. We bring obviously the, the, the really solid points and thoughtful points of a Crowder or, or, or a, a Kirk or mm -hmm. a Shapiro. But we bring this biblical side that I can't avoid. I can't avoid it. I don't talk about God when it's convenient. Right. 
I don't just talk. I don't just talk about God when I'm in a church. Right. If I'm at at an event at a school at a homeschool, it doesn't matter. I am literally quoting scripture all the time. And, And that is my basis. God is sorry. That's the truth. God in scripture is what we look at everything through. Yeah. As opposed to <clears throat> yay, God. Okay. Here's politics. And it's no, how do I look at politics through the lens of scripture and what God wants for government? And, and I think this sounds like an attack and it's not meaning to be, but that's why you saw a lot of these faith-based initiatives and these things, organizations pop up recently. Yeah. Now TPUSA has come up with TPUSA faith. Because for us, it was never convenient just to talk about faith when it was convenient. It was always there. So, yes, it got us in trouble in schools. Yes, it got us in trouble in colleges. We're not in trouble as far as like kicking us out. But we got pushback. Yeah, definitely. So it wasn't. And and that's not that's not a pat on the back. That's just the truth. That's who who we've always everything you're seeing. We've always been that. And, and, you know, we're not going to be maybe one as popular as some. And that's okay. I'm not supposed to be. I'm called to preach the word of God right? and how that tailors into the political sphere, because I, I, I really firmly, and I've always believed this, that the, the, the Christian is involved in every sphere of society, how that operates, how that works, how that looks. I'm not a prophecy guy. I'm not an interpreter of that. I love prophecy. I love prophetic giftings, but I'm not going to give you a prophetic word unless God tells me to give you a prophetic word. And it's happened very, very rarely because I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm not a seer like that. And, 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 and again, if he wants to bestow that on me or whatever, totally cool. Right. I'm not that guy. I'm just showing you what, Bi- what the Bible says and what history says. Right? History dictates, the Bible dictates, and you know what history always dictates to me in the Bible? Man is sinful. They need a savior. If they don't, they destroy things. Mm-hmm. If they do, they live righteously and they go with their father. And there's a book of remembrance written of them when they do. It is literally go back in history. That's what you see. Debauchery happens when sin happens. When man gets prosperous, he forgets the Lord. Deuteronomy, you know, like that. It's literally, it's not prophecy. That's common sense. That yeah. happens all. If we still continue to spot it, we're going to see crazy things happen. We're going to see this happen. It's like, I, yes, because history talks about that. Beheadings never didn't. They didn't just happen in America, you know, or or prior to America. They, they, that was happening before. Like the the torturous things that the things they did to Christ was the most torturous things at the time you could do to a body, right? Why did they think of devise of those things? Because of how evil people are. Evil to, That's yeah. how evil people are. See, like, that, to me, nothing, nothing is new under the sun. Man becomes despotic. Crap happens. We got to fix it. Governments become tyrannical because man can't guard themselves. Then all of a sudden, there's a few righteous men who stand up and say, no, we're going to fight against tyranny. God intervenes on their behalf, typically, typically. And then, poof, a new nation's created. But then we love our nation. We love freedom. We love doing these things. And all of a sudden, we get prosperous because there's money coming in and we're free. We're doing. And then we just forget the Lord, right? So we start to think about our families and our boats and our cars and our things. And it's like, yeah, we go to church. Yes, we could do that. But then we don't sacrifice anymore for Jesus. And we don't do these things anymore, right? We don't take up our cross and deny ourselves. We want to fulfill our own lust because guess what? God wants me to be happy. It's bull crap. He wants you to be holy. He doesn't want you to be happy. Happiness and joy produce from holiness. You you weren't happy in your sins. You were fulfilled in your lusts. That's what was happening. You were fulfilling your lusts. That didn't make you happy. made you lustful. So you were trying to fulfill things. That's what brought you to the foot of the cross. You were done with it. It never made you happy. It It couldn't make you happy. There was no joy in that. And by the way, joy and happiness are two different meanings. 
but joy never was never fulfilled in you. And then you find Jesus who removes all of your sin, who says, come unto me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then you find rest for your soul. And then all of a sudden you forget it. You, uh, I'm sorry, you leave your sins at the foot of the cross and he takes them from you. And then his blood redeems you and it washes you clean. And you're now a new child of God and the spirit of God is birthed in you. Now it takes over in your spirit. Now you're led of the spirit. You're a son of God. You're there. That is the difference maker. That is where joy is. Joy is found in, no, I can't do this life by myself. And yes, you know what? This life is unfair, folks. It is. It is. It, life it hits you, you know, Carrie's a pretty healthy eater. I didn't expect her to get cancer. She's vegetarian. She's like a, a vegetarian. She, she doesn't eat meat. She doesn't, do but she got cancer. Why? I don't know. It's an attack of the enemy or which is true, but it's human nature. Like our bodies tend to fail. You know, this morning I had to use a light to read my book. That's an attack of the enemy or I'm getting older. <laughs> I look at my computer and the light hits me, right? I mean, could I get healed? Yes, I could. I'm not saying it's not an attack of the enemy. It's like, or your eyes get tired. You know, my immediate thought, I'm constipated. It's an attack of the enemy. <laughs> or you need more fiber. Yeah, and you eat a lot of cheese and you shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know, folks. We, that was just a fun we, we, uh, <laughs> we don't mind offending a lot of people. But you're right. Sorry, sorry to derail that. That was so well spoken. We 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 have to reset ourselves, and this is actually a good segue into this because what Massey's saying and saying eloquently is start resetting your expectations about how you see things. Start resetting your expectations of what do I actually believe about God. What do I actually believe in my relationship between me and him? What is the truth about all this? Because you will be given so many assumptions about what something is. And I'm not saying all those assumptions are wrong, but man, it's very quick that assumptions can go sideways if we don't look at everything and take it all together, right? He's, he's not reducing the fact of faith. What you're doing is you're saying, look, Real things happen, and I can't automatically just describe one cause to everything. No, but then I needed the faith to believe Carrie would be healed. I needed the faith to walk through this issue with right. her. I needed the faith to keep my emotions in check because I was pissed off. I had the I needed the faith to 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 do uh, life. I needed the faith to put into my kids and say, "Mom's going to be okay." I needed the faith uh, to to still do my work and do what I'm doing at church, or you know, with self evident. I still needed the faith to believe in the finances because no. They weren't easy this year because we couldn't go out and travel and tour. I needed faith there. I needed faith. I needed faith through all of it. Whether she had it or not, I still would have needed the same faith for those things. But all of a sudden, what it does, those trials intensify you and literally scripture and says it. Romans 8, we all know this one. All things work together for good to those that love God are called together according. You know what I'm saying? Called according to his purpose. I've quoted it so much. The problem, why I rolled on that scripture is because people literally stop there and say, see, all things just work together for good. No, that's not what it's saying. What is good? The Bible actually says what, what, what the word good actually means in the 1828, morally perfect, upright, just. That word per, uh, good it means perfect, right? It, God calls uh, everything in the garden good. Like there's, there's a reason to use the word good, right? So what does good mean? Listen. No, go for it. Read on that scripture. That the trials that you go through, all those things, are predestining you to make you into the image of Christ. When you go through the trial, 
Are you becoming more like Christ? Listen close. Or are you becoming more like the world? Are you beginning to doubt more because of the trial? Or are you beginning to have more faith because of the trial? Are you beginning to find out who you really are in the midst of the trial? That's really where you'll see the, the Lord taking over, or is it your flesh taking over? And that's why I think more and more importantly, when we go through trials, and, and, and I know friends that are going through some big ones, big heavy trials, but my question to you is, are you looking more like Jesus, or are you looking more like the world? That, that is the litmus question for anything. The trial that you're going through, right? Some say not all trials are from the Lord, not all trials are from Satan, whatever. We go through our own trials. Is it making you more like Jesus when you when you commit sin? Are you willing to repent of that sin and look more like Jesus and say, Lord, I don't want to do that anymore, Lord. I don't I don't want to I don't want to touch that. It, you see what I'm saying? The yeah. trial that comes against you, the temptation, is it turning you into Christ? If not, we got an issue. Directly to your point, and this this is perfect segue into this. What you're pointing to is are you principled in your approach? Mm. Are you principled in your approach no matter what comes at you? Because oftentimes people think they are, but they're not really. They're not. They're not. This is why being principled about liberty is so important. And what we're going to talk about today is what is liberty? Because we throw that word around a lot. Give me liberty or give me death. Liberty. But do we fully understand the principle of liberty? Because once we do and we set that in our hearts, all of a sudden the stuff we used to allow doesn't look okay anymore. We go, oh, well, that's still part of liberty. No, that's a, a taking away of your liberty by degrees. That's right. Right? You think liberty is taking, uh, doing what you want to do, which in turn hurts another. And once you do that, you've taken away. Now, now you're no longer liberty. Now you're lustful. And so then that's no longer liberty. Now what you've done is you've taken away someone else's liberty. You've infringed on that. So then liberty has a point. And you know how you can only keep true liberty? Morality through Christ. It's literally the only way. You can't uh, any other way. Yeah. No. And I want to get into the history just a little bit. You know, I want you to put yourself in this position because guess what? You actually already are. The colonies, because we're both history guys, the colonies for what, 120 years, put up with continued pressure by the crown. And it it was a you got to give more to us. You got to give more to us. Why aren't you giving more to us? Since you're not doing what we want you to, to the T, we're going to do this and this against you. And it was this game of almost one-upsmanship where colonists said, no, we're going to push against that yep. because that's not right. And the crown saying, well, we'll squish you harder then. We'll, we'll press you till you give in. And you have to remember the colonists were the ones who fought the French and Indian War. Britain didn't send troops over to help them out. They fought the war for the crown. They, they put in their blood, their sacrifice, Truth. everything they were Truth. for the crown. Yep. Now this moves forward, and it got to that point where all the stuff that was happening, plenty of stuff was happening against colonists that was not within the agreement or the social contract between the colonists and the crown. And one of the hardest parts that they had to swallow, the colonists, was you're calling us part of your empire. You're saying we're your citizens. Yet, you don't treat us like your citizens over there. We don't have representation when you're taxing us. You're shutting down our legislatures. You're taking us across the ocean to a faraway place in order to stand trial. You're not doing this to your citizens on the mainland. You, 
you start to get like they were watching their liberties be eroded eroded away by a government who kept telling them just accept it now if, if you're really honest with yourself and i'm going to do this more in 2023 um everything we're talking about can you apply it to yourself and say okay what do i see going on today right i think the issue with many people i'll just go here canadians go americans mexicans all these other countries we're looking for someone else to do it for us and a savior and that's why we get so pissed off about it we get so angry and frustrated and what can we do and the lord's looking at you going i've given you my spirit though mm-hmm. you know and then people will say well mass why don't you do something i do i do a lot right and and when god tells me to move i, I pretty much god willing have, have proven that i i will go do what he wants me to do right. and right now i'm i'm doing many things and my job right now is to inform people and like show them okay this is a constitutional way if you want to be your own for politics great i'll do it no no question there's no question in my mind i would do it has he called me to that season right now no no he hasn't and i'll tell you he has not called me but what has he called you to do and i, I got a feeling this year is going to be more and more pushing us as discipleship to what are you called to do and step forward into that calling? What does that look like? What does that look like? You know, it, it, stepping out of faith is not the most difficult thing to, to, to do. It requires a great amount of trust. Okay, I just trust this is what he said. I'm going to go do it. And faith requires you not to have any personal vested interest in it. Faith requires you to just do it. It doesn't matter how many listeners you have, how many followers you have, how much money you make. It requires you to just be obedient and let God take care of the rest. When you can do that, you're really walking in faith. Yeah. Because we want to push you to this. So when we're talking about this, you start analyzing yourself, man, you know, is, is that happening now? What do I do? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. And I think about that a lot. You you get this small group of people who met together over and over again. And they went from, look, this isn't right. What's happening to us to, okay, now we've got to defend ourselves in a full out war. That takes courage. Does how many of you have that type of courage? Truth. And that's that's not a, a slamming down. And I do not believe this is at the point of full out war. I do not. I believe this system can be changed by the hand of God. Truth. Without needing bloodshed. But darn it. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. Like <laughs> Golly, you got hot about that. It, it, well, yeah, that was that was a Canadian that swear. Was a cooker. <laughs> that was a cooker. Canadian cuss words falling out of my mouth. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Heaven. <laughs> but we we so, really Elijah's like get on with the boys. <laughs> we we really do have to figure out how far are we willing to go. Yeah. How how, how far are you willing to actually defend liberty? Mm-hmm. And and I want to make this comparison already and, and kind of pass over some stuff. Ooh, and I Go hope through it. us doing this, and I and I think part of that is your point here, is liberty in your mind worth defending, worth fighting for? I think that's why people won't fight because they don't know what is worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. Right? Are my kids worth it? Yep. <laughs> is liberty worth it? Yeah. You may not get anything out of it. It may be for your future children. I mean, look at our founders. Many of them, a lot of them died, never tasting real freedom. I mean, then this may be a generalization, but your exact point, liberty versus safety. Oof. 
Now we'll say, oh, I need to make my kids safer. Sure, I get it. But how often do we make decisions deep down to make ourselves safer? <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. And there, there really is a, right? There really is a battle between liberty and safety. And what we've convinced ourselves we can do is have both. Truth. We, we really have convinced ourselves, especially in the modern era, we can have both. Yeah, and Jefferson said it, eternal vigilance is the price of freedom. Vigilance to what? Against all forms of tyranny. It's actually on his memorial. Against all hostility towards the mind of man. I've, said, I've, I've sworn before God I would stand against it. Okay. Well, then there's a lot of stuff going against that are hostile towards man. Dude, they're, out, they're hostile towards themselves. I was just watching a thing this morning. Women are actually fighting for killing their babies and justifying it in the name of I have choice. They're hostile against themselves even. This is how bad reprobate minds have become. Now you're fighting. Listen, this is their thing. Uh, one lady said abortion is legal. Listen, we're talking about liberty. Abortion is right because it's choice. And you're trying. I can't believe all these women are fighting for women not to have the choice to have an abortion. One lady goes, um, you're not fighting for the right for abortion. You're fighting for the right to have as much sex as you want. And then all the ladies were like, well, yeah, why is that wrong? She goes, so you're really not fighting for abortion. You're fighting to get rid of your consequence. That's what's happening. That's exactly. They're like, right. No, we're not. We're saying that there are women in poverty situations who cannot get abortions. <laughs> the lady goes, wrong again. Most abortions are committed in poverty-stricken areas because that's where the abortion clinics are. So it's like, you're, you're, you're wrong. And it's this brainwashing narrative. Look at what's happening. The women are literally telling themselves that I can kill my baby, love it, and find a way to justify that sin. That is how bad. I'm now fighting against the hostility against yourself. I've said this to many leaders that, that I've been under. I'm not fighting just for the people that we're, we're, protect, we're with. I'm fighting even to protect you, yourself against you and me. I have people in my corner fighting to protect against my, my own self. Right. They're warning me about me destroying my own life. You know, like, hey, that, that, that's a, that, that choice, man, that may affect your family, bro. I'm protecting you against you. Then I've asked you to do that, Mike. Mm -hmm. I've asked you, if there's something I'm doing that could hurt my family, tell me. Because you're protecting me from me. Even if it looks good, you're protecting me from me. And that's what we need to do as, as brothers. Liberty, yeah. right? Give me the liberty to do that. Not to violate your rights, but to keep you within your rights. To keep you within liberty. And it quickly turns into oppression of liberty when we, we get this safety mindset. And, we, and we've decided that government has become the arbiter of safety. That's not what government was intended to do. Government was intended to protect your rights. Truth protect and preserve Truth. your liberties Truth. that's a whole different ball Truth. game because risk still exists yeah. in liberty you know and what happens is we get fearful and so we decide i need to be safe so okay well you know the tsa plays a very important role when they're patting me down in the middle of the airport this this keeps me safe but now all of a sudden they can put you on a no-fly list without ever having put you through the courts now, all of a sudden, they can restrict your freedom to carry a firearm because somebody else has made a bad choice with a firearm. That's right. Now, all of a sudden, they can, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get some Go anger it. from this, Go for it. but as simple as it is, they can tell you, you must put on a seatbelt in your car. You must only drive this fast on the road. And I hear people right now, but, but it needs to be safe. People make bad choices. Yeah, I fully agree. People make bad choices. 
So now all of us have to suffer because people make bad choices. Liberty is risk. But are you willing to actually be free? Yeah, and there's a lot of people who make darn good choices. There's right. a lot of people. Do you know why traffic exists? Because there's someone on the road who's going under the speed limit who, who can't merge it's because true. they're afraid to. Let's just get real. We all do. We're complaining. We're holding because of you and you don't want to merge into the. Maybe they were trying to be safe. And the rest of us are like, but you're creating more of a problem. Or were they being responsible? And you're creating, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's so when people actually do it right, we're mad at them for doing it right. Yeah. You know, following the speed limits and they're, they're going slow. Right. Or we're mad because they make bad decisions. If, and, and which do you think causes more accidents on the highway? Both. <laughs> well, well, think about this. Think about this. When you're on the highway, everybody's flowing at 50 miles per hour over, right? 85. Florida, that's typical, right? Everybody's just flowing 85. Does that cause more accidents? Or the person who's going 45 in two lanes and everybody else is going 85? Who do you think is more likely to cause that accident? See, it wasn't that he's driving more safe. It's that he's causing conditions to make it riskier for everybody else because everybody else is understanding and flowing. And, okay, you know, we're all going about the same speed. It's that sudden unexpected stuff. So I'm with you. I hope my I hope my kids take away my keys. I'm talking about just old (laughs) being old and driving. Right. I hope my kids go, Dad, you can't drive anymore. You don't don't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're 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 cool. You know, you're good. You're cognitive. But you're slow pops like you're, you're, you're holding up traffic you're making bad decisions tell me please i hope i'm so pliable when i'm old and right. i can hear it now no you're gonna be stuck in your ways well we're not supposed to be according to scripture right old men are supposed to be wise and teach the younger to be pliable to be moldable to be well then so should i we should be humble enough yes if, if everybody comes to us and says yes. dad you are putting lives at risk yes okay i will i will give this up right and, and part of liberty is understanding uh, how to make choices, correct choices mm-hmm. to protect other people and not infringe sure. on their rights. Sure. But the problem is we've abdicated that up to the government. We've decided, government, you are now going to determine when I should take risks and when I shouldn't. You're going to protect me from myself. And where does their morality come from? You don't want God's Ten Commandments. Co, do you? You can choose that, right? But you're willing to give it up to men and women who are fallible, who want to take your money, kill your babies. Listen, all the money that we've been shelling out to Ukraine and all these other things, these are the people you elected, Mm -hmm. right? Democrats, let's just go with the Democrats for a minute. These are the people you elected, all this money going to Ukraine, right? But you've been complaining the most about the poor here in our streets, and we haven't given them that kind of money. We've given them what almost a trillion dollars this year, this last year. I don't about a trillion. I think it's about a trillion or more. It could be more. I don't know. Just a ton of money. We're giving them all this money. And for what? For what? Helping them what? Are you telling me Africa's not more needy than the Ukrainians are? You see what I'm saying? It's not that Ukraine doesn't need help and all that. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if we're gonna go equal and we want to have people not oppressed and be set free, what about all those women in heavily Muslim populated areas. What are we doing about that? Huh? What about the people in Chicago? What about the people in Michigan and Detroit? who are having bad water. How much money went to that? You see what I'm saying? You're giving it to people. You're giving your life. You're giving your liberty over. You're giving your rights over to a government that can't even get their own crap straight. 
I'm one of them. Never give me your liberty. Never say to me, you, you take my rights and let me. Never, ever give it to me. And, dude, I'd like to think that in my lifetime, I can make some decent decisions. I can make some decent decisions. I can I can rule things pretty well. I know people around me that say, man, you, you know, you're you're pretty pretty straightforward. Yes, I'm straightforward. But never give me full autonomy of your rights and liberties. Never. Because, dude, I am a man and I will lead you astray. And there will be times I will tell you things that are wrong because I don't have enough experience in life to be that. I didn't create you. I didn't create you and I didn't give you rights, nor did government. And you are willing to give up your life for a government to tell you it's okay to sin. That is ridiculous. When God's already given you the freedom to sin, you're just choosing hell over heaven. That's okay. You chose. See, that's that's what's so crazy. Well, I don't believe in a God that would send me to hell. No. <laughs> See, already you've proven that you do believe. Why would you care if you didn't? If you want to sin, sin. He told you, go for it. You know what? In Romans, he says, I've given you over to it. Go for it. Do your thing. But yet he's sitting here. You know what's tugging at your heart? Love. That's why you said that statement. I just want him to love me. Why? Because you never got love growing up. That's it. That's literally what's happening to people. They're willing to sell their first birthright for a piece of bread, a, a, a bowl of oatmeal. That's what they're doing, Esau. They're willing to give over their birthright they got from God, right, for, 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 for a morsel. That's what they're doing for porridge. That's what you do when you give your rights over to government. I'm willing to give up all that God has given me to make sure I'm taking care of and being okay. That's what they're doing. And you're condemning God for that, and it was your choice. You're mad at God for this. So instead of keeping his Ten Commandments, which are very specific, you're willing to give it up to a government who has no morality. And they're jaded within themselves, and they're selfish about it. You know how I know that? How do they get paid 200000 $200, a year? And end up millionaires, uber millionaires, ultra millionaires when they're done. How? How did that happen? How come Nancy Pelosi and them haven't been busted for all these uh, uh, insider trading deals that they've mm -hmm. done? And not just them. There's plenty. Of, I'm sure there's many Republicans that have done it too. Just don't want to talk about that because we're Republicans and we're conservatives. We can't talk about that, right? It's crap. You know what gets me is we've just shoved through again a 1.7 trillion, trillion dollar spending bill trillion do you remember when 600 billion the whole world was gonna oh end? my gosh there were so Shut many down government right oh we're not passing that's way too much money now all of a sudden you have republicans that are sitting right in line going yeah 1.7 trillion why not because their minds are darkened and they are and you know who really i remember when it really hit me hard this i'll never forget when this happened in 04 and 05 paul ryan remember paul ryan when he did that in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. he was just like, well, we've got to do this. Our whole economy is going to die if we don't just sign this bill and start pumping it into our economy. We need to spend this kind of money. You sell out. And it was disgusting. He was a sellout, dude. No question. And where's he at now? I'm sure he's just fine. Living on his little life, having his little time, right? Selling out the rights of man, selling out our people, showing Republicans, okay to compromise. Showing conservatives, it's all right to compromise, right? That's what was happening this whole time, the whole time. And you know what's sickening about that? Well, actually, what happened was you created a whole line of patriots. You know, the Tea Party started up mm -hmm. around that time and you know different things like that. You saw something happen that changed America. And that's where I think you saw politics become so crazy. 
Barack Obama's presidency to me was when you first started seeing the vitriol of politics in its entirety today. Right. That's when it really began. Because, I mean, we could all disagree with the Reagans and the Bushes and the Clintons. We, we disagreed and we knew it was sin, you know, and wrong for Clinton to do that. I, I, I mean, firmly believe uh, Bush and, 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 and um, son Bush were never conservative. They, they, they went right along with the military industrial complex, all that other stuff. But we said that from the beginning. We, yeah. weren't, we weren't averse to that. We were talking about how bad Bush was when it was not popular. And now people are like, oh, my gosh, Bush was terrible. So we were talking about this for years and we've got it documented and recorded. That is not the issue. What I'm saying is when Barack Obama came into office is when you saw no matter what you said about the dude, it was racism. You came with a constitutional argument, racist. That's when you saw craziness happen. And I wasn't I'm not saying it was Barack Obama saying that the media went right behind and started pushing the narrative. And then you saw politics become vitriolic. Where it was attack because you lost principle. Yeah, the, the principle was done away with. Now, principle was done yeah. away with first. I think yes. on the progressive side, the left. Right? Yes, but the right too. But and and we've really yes, it we've really really lost principle. And it, and it was pre Obama, obviously. It's yeah, a, it's a progression of time. Exactly. I just think that was the open door of okay. Now we no, can I really agree. push this. Crap I agree because he's black. I I think the doors flung open. And the whole thing shifted at that point mm -hmm. because all of a sudden it, it didn't become passive. We're trying to argue on principled sides, even though we're not principled. Right. It became we're giving up the context of principle. Right. And now what you're watching is everybody is giving up the context of principle, even when they're having the argument about something that needs to be principled, yep. a.k.a. liberty. Yep. Right. We just like we're talking about, I've got in the notes like Republicans they're, they were supposedly the party of liberty. Conservatives have always attached themselves to the Republican Party because, well, they're more like us than the Democrats. They're not the party of liberty anymore. No. They're, they're, where you watch compromise, that's where you've lost principle. Because what principle says is, I don't care what the conditions look like. I stick to my principle. Yeah. And what God does, God does. Yep. It, Matt, uh, uh, the three that, that went into the fire, Nebuchadnezzar's fire. Oh, Shadrach, Shadrach Meshach, and Abednego. They, they even said to him, look, our God can save us. And if he does, awesome. If he don't, oh, cool. well, then we're going to serve him anyway. Then I'm going to be a barbecue. But that, at least I'm not going to compromise. But I think that's where people lose the edge. I think people go, well, you know, we needed to compromise like that in order to get some things done. When have you ever seen that work where compromise sowed the seed of liberty? Yeah. Where? Where? You can see it sometimes even in our own documents, our own constitution. The things we compromised on, oh, it has been used against liberty now. Mm -hmm. The three-fifths clause and all these other, and that's, I know what that means, okay? Easy conservatives. I know what it means. But I'm saying that that, point, that was a compromise. Now, now it's used against the, the, the conservative liberty movement. Uh, the, 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 we won't, uh, after, after 20 years, there'll be no slavery. Those compromises are now being used again. See, America was always racist. That's why they had to do that. It's like there's no winning because compromise never wins. Compromise is harsh, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, principle is harsh, but compromise never wins. Compromise always destroys. Look at your own life. Whatever you compromise in, that's your biggest struggle. It is your biggest struggle. You compromise on food. You compromise on lust. You compromise just a little bit because, hey, it's your biggest problem. It becomes your biggest thorn inside is your compromises.
you and I have talked about this. I've, I've said the two words that I, I really loathe that I hear come out of other people's mouths when it comes out of my mouth. I deserve. Oh yeah. I yeah, deserve yeah. because yeah. I deserve is that gateway into compromise. And like I said yep. the other day, compromise is a cockroach you have to crush. <laughs> Cause they'll show up in the, in the, the darkest places of your life, but in the craziest times, exactly. In the and, craziest times. Like, and, where did that come from, bro? And if you let one compromise survive, oh, thousands more breeds, within months it breeds it breeds compromise and and so often the gateway into that is i deserve dude if y'all could close your eyes right now and and this is an exercise i just did yesterday lord it's 2023 okay and i've never done this before i know areas of my life that i'm tightening up mm-hmm. but what other compromises are that what did this right what 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 is me tightening up here what is that the fruit of? Where did I let the door open? Oh my gosh. You know what it was? It's just not reading that, that early morning stuff. You did it when you got to the office. But then when you got to the office, you couldn't really read like that because people were flooding your I've talked to you about yeah, this. Yeah. You you leave up and then you know you would start reading and things would be going better, but you know, because you started having the mind of Christ. And then there was mornings where it was like, you know, I just wouldn't do that. I wouldn't pray. I wouldn't, you know, I, I'll, I'll do that at the office because man, I, I'm I'm busy. I got this, I got self-evident, I got I compromised. I compromise in those little areas of my life, right? Now, I'm not saying I don't pray in the mornings. I'm saying there were times, stretches, like two months where I wouldn't, because I, I, I had to go. There was so much to do. Carrie getting sick. I could use every excuse in the book. Had I just stuck to my guns, a lot of the compromises I allowed wouldn't have happened. Bottom line, there's no other way to say it. Massey's at fault, not God. Massey's at fault, not the Lord, not Satan. All Satan can do is tempt. We've proven that in the garden. All he did was tempt. He didn't force them to eat the fruit. He didn't tell them. He tempted them. That's it. Even in your spiritual condition, when you're what temptation always exists. That's not Satan's fault. All he's he has no power over you. The Bible says that in Romans, the power of sin is destroyed because of the righteousness of God. You've given into the power of sin. That's you, man. You've given into the power of compromise. And you know what? Only the only people we can blame is us. Now take that to your whole life. What do, Lord, what are you telling me not to compromise, man? What are those areas of my life? And when you don't compromise, you find, watch this. You don't even need to preach a lot to your friends. Your friends will just either stay with you and be like, man, I want to follow that example. Or he's becoming weird. And they count it strange, the Bible says, that, they, that you don't uh, do the things that they do. And they'll leave. And the ones that come, and God replaces those with people who want to be hungry for the truth. They do. Because they see your walk. They see your lack of compromise. Or they, they see your lack of, uh, yeah, lack of compromise. Yeah. And they see your, your love for liberty in Christ. I'm noticing, and we're going to have to do a part two of this. Obviously. I'm sure. Because <laughs> so I think these are good premises. Absolutely. And and to your point, the whole, the Jocko Wilnick phrase, great, great discipline podcast. equals freedom, right? So great what are podcast. we talking about? Discipline is the crushing of compromise. It's squashing those cockroaches, right? Discipline is is being principled in what you know to be right and following through on that no matter what the conditions are, Yep. right? So that discipline frees you. Yep, I've learned that people, dude, such a great point because I've learned that people full of compromise in their lives or have compromise in their lives get angry and envious and pissed off at people who don't and what they do when they don't compromise, they look at that and say they're arrogant. Yes, 
those people are arrogant for doing that. They think they're better than everybody. They think they have something special. They think they're all that in a bag of chips. No, actually they don't. They know they're not all that in a bag of chips. That's why they discipline themselves. They know that if they don't, they'll let themselves go and there'll be nothing in, in, right. in, in, contributive, contributive, contributive to society. They won't, they won't have anything to give to society. They won't have anything to offer to society. The, uh, the the Jocko Wilnicks, the the what's his name, the seal, the you talked about Goggins, yeah. uh, um, um, all these guys who and, and these are just fleshy examples. They're they're not spiritual examples. All these guys, all they do is they're good at their one thing, and people would dang, I want to be like that. Jordan Peterson. Um, I I look at I look at all these guys who are you know in the philosophy structure and all that stuff. I look at Jesus Christ. You know why people want to be like Jesus? Where did he compromise? Nowhere. He couldn't. It was with it wasn't within his nature to do so, right? Notice Christ's words were very short, right? Now there's a reason for that. I'm sure the authors didn't write everything. Paul's words were right. I mean, he was it's like a lot. Uh, not that not that not that he he um uh uh went against what he he said himself. It was just he would hit all these different things, and I was rude here, but I wasn't here, and I love you here, and he was everywhere. Like he would talk about different things and the care of the churches and. You know the strict uh, the, the the scriptures and the doctrine. Then he'd go talk to a king and uh, just craziness, right? Like he was everywhere. He was hitting every issue. Jesus didn't do that. I think what's so cool about Christ, he knew his mission. He came. He bled. He died. He taught well. He, he didn't just teach well. He taught perfection. How do you teach a bunch of people who thought they were perfect in the law that they needed to be more perfect than that, and they couldn't outside of him? I mean, it's what he was telling the Pharisees. You, okay, you keep the law. That's cool. And you're still inwardly full of dead men's bones. Right. God. You imagine? Your righteousness needs to surpass yeah, the Pharisees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, like looking at that through physical eyes, it's like, I have no chance. I have That's no, right. Yeah. And, and you know what? The disciple, who who then can we go to? Lord, you have the words of life. They even said it. We, well, we can't do this. No, you can't. You got that's it. It's faith in Christ that'll give you righteousness because you can't. Now follow the leading of the spirit. I will lead you to do those things. Now, here's what's so crazy about following the lead of the spirit because we love the gifts of the spirit. But you know what's crazy is God did cool things, but it was never weird. Yeah. You know, when, when the angel shows up to Joseph, you never saw him, you know, twitching and you know, like, cool. Like if that's what the Holy Spirit does to you, great. I'm not mocking that. I'm really not. But what I'm saying is like, it's easy to understand when Joseph was visited by an angel. Oh, that's an angel. It's right. the presence of God. Right. Right. It wasn't a weird thing. It wasn't anything like that. I'm looking at scripture going, you know why it seems weird when people do that stuff. And and, and, and the reason why I have a, a judgment against it. Now, please comment. If you think I'm wrong about this, that's totally fine. We can discuss it and I'll correct myself. I promise you I will. I grew up in that movement. I grew up in a very charismatic movement. I grew up that that uh, you had to shake and shimmy and shift and all these other things. That's how you knew the move of the spirit was happening. But yet I found more often than not, and my parents will attest to this, that those same people were walking so immoral, right? Which made me hate church. Why, why would I want all that stuff? Why do I have to go get... I literally said this to myself. Why do I want to sit with a God with rules and live when I could just live like that and I don't really need to go to church? I can think of a lot of better things to do on Sunday. That's what I used to tell myself. Right. So I left the faith. I'm just whatever for two and a half, three years or whatever. And then God really got me. And you know what he did to me first? I knew the gift still existed because my dad and my mom operate. My mom operates heavy and prophetic. She's 
insane. Loves the word of God. My my mom, you call her. As a matter of fact, I, I, if she wanted, I, I would give you her number. If you ask her a question, I promise you the next 10 minutes will be all scripture. Well, the Bible says this in Isaiah and Ephesians says this. She'll just, she'll just, I mean, it's just in her. You, you've seen. Yeah. God put me in the word for five years, straight up the word. And then I got baptized in the spirit for real. I love that. For you, it may have been different. You got baptized quickly, blah. But I love that I have this um, view of scripture first. When the spirit comes, does it line up in the word? If it doesn't, I'm not, I'm not adhering to that because anybody could preach something. And Paul even said, if anybody preaches another gospel, let them be accursed. They were using their liberty as a cloak of the flesh. Dude, I'm telling you, there's something to be said about following the word of God. This is discipleship year now. We're going to come at you with these things. And you know what I'd like to start doing is taking teachings and principles and not critiquing them. What is our take on them? You know, like mm-hmm. I, I've been seeing a lot of these. Not, not, they're not reactionary videos that we, I want to do. It's more the what are people saying out there and what do we believe about that? What, is, what, what does scripture say and what does the Constitution say? I think we need to start doing that. Yeah. And we're going to start discipling and saying, okay, how do you develop your argument? What does it look like for you when you're facing these situations and issues? You know what I mean? When you're hitting the mission field or when you're hitting the streets. And guys, I'm going to challenge us all to hit the streets this year. We all have those neighbors. We all have those people we see every day. God tugs on our hearts. We're at the grocery store. We're at a Walmart. He's tugging on our hearts. We're going walking around the city in prayer. When we're at home, he's tugging on our hearts for somebody to get the gospel. We know it. The times are short enough. We can't avoid that call anymore. We need to use our liberty as for righteousness. We have the liberty now and the power of God to go preach. And and, and God's ordained us to do that. Ask the Lord for those open doors and let the Lord and the spirit of God move. And they may be offended sometimes, but you notice that when they're offended, they're actually convicted. And then when stuff hits the fan for them, they call you. It's okay. Dude, you're going to get persecuted for, for, for Christ. Sean Foy, did you see that church that got, they were just in, what was it, California? They were at a church? Dude, everywhere. F. Sean Foy. I mean, dude, they broke all the windows of the church. I mean, Whoa. it's a big church too. And, and spray painted all over the walls. Bigotry, all this other stuff. And Sean was right. He's like, he says, blessed are you when you're persecuted have joy in it. It was like, that is a proper reading of scripture. What he just did. And And it empowered people. And he, we've, we've spoken about things that we disagreed with of how he did something or what he said, but we always give this caveat that we really respect Sean Foy. I support him. I've given financially. I think, yeah, we have totally like he is doing the Lord's work and he has such a heart of Christ when he does it. It's, it's like, Bro, more power to you. Keep going, right? And that response, yes. right? Yeah. Go ahead. No, I just I that like convicts you. Like, dang, you know what I mean? Like, I do, but it, there's a lot more we could do. And and what was unique about it is his joy through the trial. Yeah. That's like he carries that's a fruit, Jesus thing, man. bro. That's like yeah, you are you are seriously hooked up. And I'm I, we're all there, like we all have our victories. And comment down below, um, if you can through this through, through, through here, if you're if you made it this far, um, what's a trial? You said, you know what? The Lord really taught me joy through that. I really had joy through that. And look at the fruit now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I didn't always have joy through Carrie's issue, but I did actually have joy. There was like times of, you know what? Of course, there are many times, guys, and it, I'll, I'll be straight, just open. There are many times I was in my back porch, probably six times, maybe back porch. And I just for five minutes, just bawled like just. Whew, because there's so much pressure, you know, you don't, you don't, uh, and, and I didn't know how to act. 
So I just did what felt natural. And at least three people now have told me the way you walked through that was an example of Christ I'd never seen. I'm telling you, I'm like, I, I actually, I could tell you, I wasn't like, <laughs> like Jesus at home. You know what I mean? I was pretty pissed off about things and frustrated and, and, and definitely like, why my wife, you know, and, 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 but how wrong am I to say that to the creator? You know, it's like, Lord, you healed her. She's good. And maybe that was to train my boys and show them. The, it was my oldest boy that convicted me the most. When, when I first told Isaiah, she got cancer. You know what he said? Why, why are we down about this? She's going to get healed. She's going to be fine. Mom's going to be okay. And it was the simple childlike 14 year old faith that just shook me. Yeah. He wasn't looking at situations and circumstances that we fill our heads with. We almost overanalyze ourselves out of faith, right? He looked at it and said, I don't care about that. Either can't God heal? He literally said that to us. God heals. Like, what, 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 what are we, what are we afraid of? Yeah. And I thought, dang, you know what I mean? I think that's why childlike faith is needed. Who cares about circumstance? It's bleak. It's dark. It's, I know. I know. And God's going to do something amazing, dude. It's going to be crazy. Imagination, creativity. You can use those to conjure up in your head. And so often we do. This is what creates worry, anxiety, and fear. We conjure up situations of, oh, what if this happens? Or this may happen? Or it could lead to this or blah, blah. Again, then we seek safety. Truth. As opposed to a childlike faith, that creativity and imagination is like, oh, God's going to do this. God, I can't wait to watch God do this. Oh, you watch that kid who like when they're they're imagining, they're fully into it. Truth. They they believe they are a prince with a sword guarding the castle against evil, right? They are fully invested in it. And we look at it and we go, Oh, you're just pretending. You're you're doing illusions. You need to grow up. Forget all that stuff. That's right. Yeah, what is replaced then? My family's going to die. I'm going to lose my house. Uh, the government's going to come into my house and je with jack boots. And you know, like, how often we say, don't imagine, don't hope, don't pretend or, or, or life create sucks. because life is suffering. So therefore, just focus on worry, anxiety, and fear of what could come. And you know, that's actually the biggest destroyer of liberty. We go out and fight wars based on a what if anymore now. Like, that's what we do. What if they come at if, us? If we don't do this, then they will. It's like that destroys liberty because it hasn't happened yet. So we're doing a maybe a what if, uh, hopefully not possibly type of war. That is dangerous. That is a dangerous way to do war. It's a dangerous way to do life. Well, I better do this and this just in case this might happen. I'm not saying don't put away and be a steward. That's right. different, right? But what I'm saying is like we, we go and attack things based on a what if, instead of just saying, you know what? I'm going to be cautious. Prudence. Prudence is proceeding through things with caution. Right. That's it. I'm still doing everything I do. Like here, working out. <laughs> Your boy can't do what he used to do when he was 21 because he's 41. You know, the body's different. Hamstrings hurt. You know, like, you know, your legs, they begin to, <laughs> the quads ain't, the knees, you know, they're, oh yeah, you know, you're 20 years older, you know, but I'm not speaking that over my body. I'm not saying I'm, I'm broken down. I'm saying that that happens. And now we're here in this position saying, okay, look, we got a lot of discipline to do. You know, I was mm -hmm. thinking this morning, Mike, and, and comment below if you'd want this. We read the word in the mornings. What if we had a little, you know, 30 second to a minute devotional daily? Just, hey, this is what I'm reading this morning. I want you to put your eyes here. Just think about this. Mm -hmm. And this year I'm beginning. So I used to read the word just to read the word and revelation. Like I just want revelation. I preach a lot. So. Give me a word, Lord, for people. Now I'm actually reading the word. Lord, where are you in this? 
right. How do I glorify you in the word? Like, wh where are you at? Seems so elementary, but it's not because I, you know, you can get caught up in things. And like I said, I'm always thinking of Revelation and I got to preach Wednesdays, you know, so like I'm just always thinking what's what's next, what's new. So this year, I'm just like, Lord, where are you in the word? Like, how do I find you in here? What glorifies yes. you the most? And so I think maybe us, you know, doing that, just giving people a, an insight into something mm -hmm. and just walking that out with them, I think is so important. I like that. Because I want to share in, in knowledge with you. I want to disciple you. And in, 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 I want you to disciple me. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me. Right. Hey, boss, you, know, you got to change this. I don't think that's right doctrine. Cool. Let's do it. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. You know, so we love you. Um, yeah, we, we're going to do a there part we two. Yes, because we didn't really hit any of this. And, and, and it's funny. I, I kind of liked today. Uh, to, it just we needed to get these things, I think, off of our chest to say this is 2023. Yeah. This is who we are. This is what we're doing. This whole set's going to change here real soon. Mm -hmm. We're going to do a whole different format. Uh, we're going to hopefully bring on some really cool guests, uh, people, you know, and, and it's not for notoriety. It's for. I want to pick their brain and how they think like that. Why yeah. do they think like that? And uh, we're excited. We're excited to see what's going to happen. And uh, there we go. Boom. All mm -hmm. right. Well, guys, give, donate. It's New Year. I don't care. Start if off you right. Think, I don't care if you think this is wrong. I'm tired of this. No. I know what we're worth, and we need your help. I know what we're doing is important. We need your help. If 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 you are listening in a different nation. Email us if you want to give. We'll we'll figure it out. But we need your support this year. I'm I'm not gonna wait uh, anymore to do this. We know what we're doing out there. We know it's effective. We've seen lives change. We've seen the gospel permeate areas that couldn't be permeated, and God's moving. And I'll, we need your help to do it. I'll put a little conviction on that. If this has value to you, I mean, we'll we'll go to the store and we'll pay a lot of money for something. We'll go to Starbucks every day and we'll pay money for that coffee. So obviously, whatever you're putting your money towards has value to you. My question is, if this has value to you, are you willing to put money towards it to help it continue? Because at the end of the day, money is a resource that we need in order to continue. Sure. And so if this has value to you, I really want you to pray and think about, is this have enough value to where I should put some money towards it to help it continue? Because we can disciple you and we want to, and we want to put forward guidance to you, but we can't do that if we have to shut off the cameras. And we're, we're not saying we're close to shutting off the cameras or anything like that, but it takes money to keep these cameras on and to keep us talking into these microphones. And traveling, you know, and all these things, you know, again, we know inflation hits and we, we we're going through it ourselves. We're not ignorant to that. We, we throw our own money right. at this too. It's not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? Uh, we do. And, and, but this year I'm just stepping out more in faith and boldly and saying, look, uh, this, the support you give us, uh, you saw our year in newsletter. We didn't, we did not create a 2023 visionary thing because what we wanted to show you was what we did with your money last year, like yeah. this whole 2022. This year is different. This year is going to be, to me, um, more focused, more poignant. Um, I can already feel there's going to be attack, huge attack. Mm -hmm. I felt it yesterday, actually, really heavy in the afternoon, just attack and, and fear and doubt crept in and lots of other things. And I was like, ooh, there it is, because I started to declare some things I've never declared before. Mm -hmm. And I think and I'm declaring them not because it's metaphysics. I just see this now. I get it. I understand it. I am now going to walk the way he wants me to walk by the grace of God, by the power of God, by the spirit of God. And I think more and more as we do that, there's confidence there. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm also not ignorant of the trial. I'm not ignorant of, dang, you know, this is going to cost us something. Sean Foyt. Sean Foyt. And, and, and we're there. And here we are. So we love you. God bless yep. you. Thank you for tuning in. And guys, again, give us some ideas of what you want to see too. Like if you want us to change up some things and you know, talk about certain things, if you want us to hit an issue, like if you want us to talk about a, a person or an individual, uh, show us a clip. Send us clips of things yes. you're like, hey, what do you guys make sense of this? Send us the clip or point us in that direction. We'd love to do those reactionary videos and tell you, hey, this is what we think. I think we're changing because we need to show I'm, I'm so good at like, eh, it's not that black and white like that, though, because there, there's so many different factors. But that can be explained as we attack these issues. Yes. So we, we're, we're going to do that more. We're focused this year. I see it clearly. And we got to move, man. There's a lot to do. So times are short, guys. Send anything you want to send in to podcast at gmail.com. All one word, podcast at gmail.com. Why didn't you just call it self-evident podcast? I couldn't. It was already taken. Why didn't you just call it SEM podcast? Taken. There was a lot of... I tried so many different ones. Self-evident ministries podcast. Dang, that's a long one. I know. Trust me. It was it was that or something that didn't make any sense. So, Anywho's. <laughs> we love you. Don't think I didn't try. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't try. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Love you guys. Have a great day. <laughs>